welcome to episode 65 of the two on three podcast where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes even when one of them is beating back death with fingers of scotch i'm ty and you can find me planning my next vacation to albania at seatjk and with me as always is chris what kind of places can we find you being taken to chris albania albania it borders on the adriatic some people will uh, get that joke Wonderful. but i'm uh i don't know i'm not going anywhere i don't like to leave what about on twitter though <laughs> <laughs> on twitter where on twitter you can find me at cd villa senor where i am there regularly Wonderful. I don't know if you know that reference that I, what I'm getting at, but uh, I discovered over the weekend that Albania's current, I guess, tourist ministry is probably what they're <laughs> whatever. They, okay. Tour, ministry of Tourism. Their current slogan is "Be Taken by Albania." <laughs> <laughs> I saw those Taken movies. Don't they go to Albania? That's correct. <laughs> So I, I, I think maybe they're in on it, but I think that's not really the image you're looking to evoke when you're trying to get people to visit your country. Right. We have we have mobsters on the loose who might kidnap your daughter. Come to Albania, get hooked on opioids, and get sold into the sex trade. <laughs> Beautiful beaches. Be- I hear it's lovely. I'm sure. I'll never know. <laughs> Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at... Hello! Hello! at 2on3pod.com, you know how much we love to hear from you. So as you can probably tell from my voice, I'm a little under the weather this week. Um, Last week, I was able to cover up my mild cough with the mute button while we were recording, but uh, uh, the the following evening, it literally hit me, I I said literally like an idiot, but it uh, figuratively hit me like a ton of bricks. We were having dinner, I felt marginally fine, and and, uh, an hour later, I was lying on the couch and, and experience the next 72 hours of some of the worst sickness. I I mean, I can't even remember how long it's been since I've been this sick. This is now day six, uh, heading to the doctor in the morning and hopefully getting straightened out. But uh, like I told you before we started recording, usually the loss of voice that I'm experiencing is often the last thing I experience when I go through a sickness like this. So I'm hopeful that I'm reaching the end. But uh, it's been a been a tough week for me. Yeah, the uh, there's a lot of that going around. And they always say that like the late season sickness is generally the worst because the at the beginning of the year at the beginning of the sickness season like the flu vaccine and whatnot is decent and then you get strain a b c d e f g and then by the end the one that catches you now is generally the worst one well my understanding is that a was not covered by this season's flu vaccine but nobody else in my family's gotten sick like this in this way and i think that maybe this is more of a sinus infection type situation. So that's one of the reasons I'm going to the doctors because my symptoms have been all over the place. And I just want to make sure that I get this sorted out. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be traveling for work on Friday. And at this point, I've told my team that they need to start preparing as if I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to go without me. Exactly. All right. Well, this week we are mostly a movie podcast with a little dash of uh, household budgeting thrown in. And that makes sense considering it takes, you know, a month's worth of expenses to go to the movies. <laughs> We'll start, with a fu- we'll start with a fun gimmick we stole from Twitter, per usual, in which we list the five movies we'd screen for someone for whom we were trying to demonstrate our well-refined taste in film. We'll transition into talking a little bit about ba- Zach's- Zack Snyder being back on his bullshit. And finally, we'll talk, like I said, about a little household budgeting for half-millionaires. The Jatwa features a superhero joke, and in the OT, we'll stop by the trailer park and find out if it's worth it, Yusuf Nurkic, when you fall down, break it, and reverse it. But before we get started, can you think of a time, Chris, when a service provider made their fuck-up your problem? 
Um, man, I'm I consider myself relatively lucky in terms of my service providers, but you know, there have been times that my yard, the guy who who uh, who does the I do the little things around the yard, and then he comes around and does the big thing. Sure. Like little, I do little cleanups. He does a big cleanup. I do little cleanups. He does a big cleanup. Sure. And uh, yeah, at one at one point, I had him bring a bunch of uh, you know some mulch for the, and I don't know where he got this mulch. This mulch must have come from I think the junkyard. It had so many rocks and like half garbage. I was like, dude, did I pay for this? I mean, I know how much I paid for this mulch that you put in my yard. This mulch is shit. And you need to take care of it. And we sort of had a little bit of a headbutt with it, but whatever. It sucked. I ask you, because we recently um, turned in a lease-end vehicle with a luxury German car manufacturer. And because I am a savvy leaser, I always opt for the extra wear and tear lease-end protection. Because that's where they get you. They get you with with the wear and tear. Um. Well under miles. This is going to be a very valuable used car for them. It's three years old. It's got less, like, of the 30,000 miles we were allowed, I think we drove 19,000 of them. Oh, that's a, that, you're way under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they wanted to, one, charge me for accessories they never delivered. Like, we took ownership of this car partially because it was in stock. And part of the deal was they didn't have these accessories that were on the manifest. They never made an edit to the paperwork that said that the accessories weren't with the car. And so when we went to turn it in, they were like, well, you're missing this and this. And I'm like, right. No, you actually never gave those to me. And I was like, you see how the extra floor mats are in the back of the car? All that shit would have been together in my garage because that's how I live my life. Right. And the dude made sure that I will never go back to this dealership ever again with his behavior. Yeah. We got to put him on blast. I, I, don't, I don't know his <laughs> name. Um, I'm still feeling comfortable with the guy I worked with at that dealership in the past. I have bought, just for context, um, I have either purchased or leased five vehicles from this dealership in 12 years. I've had a very solid relationship with them. We've just come to the end of this particular lease. Um, We don't own any more vehicles from them, and we just weren't interested in pursuing an additional car with them. And it it really, you know, it's like it often is with salespeople. Uh, Once there's no opportunity for them to make any more money off of you, the... They don't don't give a shit. The customer service just evaporates. (laughs) I did tell my wife, because she is the named owner on the lease, that if they get the... The, the, the survey, they often send us the customer service satisfaction or customer satisfaction survey. I was like, mm-hmm. make sure you forward that to me. If, we're going for an all-time low here. We're going for ones and twos. I will tell you, Joe, at University Audi in Seattle. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, like, he when he brought that paperwork, I was like, I don't have any. His response was, well, is it going to be okay? You, you seem stressed. And I was like, what are you talking? Like, are you condescending to me right now? Yeah. About the fact that you're trying to charge me $300 and like what, what I'm, because I'm like at the Audi dealership, I shouldn't care about $300. Let me tell you what, rich people don't get rich by spending money frivolously. Right. And that's not rich uh, by the way. So (laughs) (laughs) the, so this is where being married to my wife always kicks in because there's no way in hell she would have let me get out of that lot without, Without saying, hey, you didn't get this shit. You need this shit marked off now before you leave today. And even though I'm kind of easygoing, I'd be like, I'll be fine. When we turn it in, we'll just, you know, I'll just tell them I never got it. She'd be like, oh, no. No, no, no. She, 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 you get it. You get that square now because it's going to bite you in the ass. 
I, like, she's usually right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was only part one of our bad experience because they did get eventually get that sorted out. They landed the car and did not end up uh, end up charging me for those accessories that I did not receive. But a couple weeks have gone by, and now I get the final statement from the the actual financial services organization that owns mm-hmm. the lease, um, Audi Financial, and they sent us this big ass bill. Part of which is the lease termination fee. It's very standard, a couple hundred bucks. It's not something that's fun to pay when you're turning in a vehicle you no longer own, but it's, it's part of the part and parcel of the deal. Right. Um, but it also included uh, damage that's specifically covered in our lease and protection agreement. And then there's a note on the thing that says lease and protection $0. And I'm like, so now at this point, I've been paying hundreds of dollars over the life of this lease for this this warranty protection, basically. Uh-huh. And you're trying to tell me, I just don't have it at all. And I owe you hundreds of dollars for this crack in the windshield. Like I would have gotten that covered by insurance had I not known because it happened in like the last six months. We on the car. So, what, so what happened to your, what happened to your protection? Uh, they, so when I wrote it in the notes to get pissed about it on the show, <laughs> I hadn't <laughs> called them yet. And that's really what I was irritated about. I was just like, okay, so you've sent me a bill, which now it's, it's a credit problem for me, right? I have mm-hmm. to cough up this money and it's an absurd, like, payment due date i got the bill like three days ago and the payment's due they want it like by april 5th and at that point you know i mean you're probably gonna get 30 or 60 days before it got sent to collections but still right it's a problem and it's my problem now because you have essentially invoiced me for something that you fucked up on the back end right um and ultimately i did call in which took 30 minutes i had to wait on hold for an obscene amount of time typical Um, in a hold situation that seemed like it was designed to get you to hang up (laughs) (laughs) Like the way the hold music was uh, with like this really pinging guitar that was very hard to listen to on the phone, like really unpleasant and uh, like interruptions every like 35 seconds. So you keep thinking you're getting connected. Anyway, I just stuck it out and then I, I go through the problem and then the guy's like, oh, well, what's the amount? I tell him and he's like, oh, yeah, that's not correct. Uh, I, I show that you owe just the, the couple hundred dollars for the termination fee. We, we just sent that before we had applied your lease and protection. I'm like, oh, you did, huh? So what, like, what was the, I mean, to me, this feels like lightweight fraud. Like if I hadn't called you out on it, you would have been happy to accept many sure. extra hundreds of dollars from me. Right. Of course. Yeah. And I just, we talked, we happened to mention predatory capitalism on the show last week and I wanted to round back and say, <laughs> this is the kind of bullshit I'm talking about. <laughs> this is, this is, yes, this is a, this is your paperwork test, which is to say, how good are you at handling your paperwork? How good are you? And I'm admittedly relatively terrible about it. So, um, it's, I have to pay extra close attention and I just have to make things as very simple as possible for myself so that I don't, at the end of it all, when we're wrapping it up or doing whatever or cashing it out that I don't have to remember details right. <laughs> like no, that. Cause, Cause I probably would have just paid it and been like, Oh, what the hell? Well, Lord knows you want to make that phone call, that interminable phone call. <laughs> I mean, it depends how much money it is, right? If it's like a hundred bucks, maybe I just blow it off. But if it's several hundred bucks, oh, you know, you know, I'm dialing that. For it was sure. several hundred, yeah, approaching yeah. four figures but yeah, in total. Yeah. I no, was, I'm gonna, I'll stay on hold for a day and a half. <laughs> I was upset. <laughs> You're never gonna shake me. <laughs> yeah. Was good. Anyway, it worked worked out more or less. But I was irritated because. I shouldn't have to keep the paperwork. It's all like in your computers and you're telling me the system's not connected in a way that, I mean, the whole thing shouldn't have happened. And 
fucking annoying Joe started to like really just oh the worst eat experience. It. Eat it, University Audi. Basically, he was mad that he was at the end of his workday and got stuck having to deal with a lease turn in where there was no upsell. Right. And treated yeah. us as such. <laughs> and treated you like the big pain in the ass that you were to him. There was a moment where I wanted to be like, I'm sorry, are you under the impression that because I'm you're, you're a few inches taller than me that I'm not a 40-year-old man? Because I will throw you in that trash can, you string bean-ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, You know, there's an opportunity for business here. There's always an opportunity Correct. for business. Not anymore. Not anymore. I will not be returning. I'm not going there either. All right. Well, thanks huh, for letting those me guys. <laughs> fuck those guys. Zoltan's a good dude. Zoltan's a good guy. You I'm not him. buying. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it from them. No, not anymore. Not now. When I can get a, a Korean-made automobile for basically two thirds the price that has all the features, to performance, technology, which is the yeah. direction we're going. Beautiful. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Hey, I'm all about the value. <laughs> Bert Camfort's got the mad hits. <laughs> <laughs> you try to match wits. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do the show. Let's do it. So you sent me a, a Twitter thread that was a setup, basically. Like, you know, every once in a while, some checkmark will throw out one of these setups where they kind of start a conversation. And, and this yeah, one was... Uh, it's just it's it's just so to boost their replies. Pretty much, generally. yeah. And get some followers, right? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always, yeah, it's, it's made for retweeting. It's made for, it's it's made, it's just... And this one, this one struck me because I thought it was interesting. It is, and it's right up our alley. So... Um, it is, if you had to introduce someone to your taste in movies, what are five titles that you would screen for them? So I thought we'd probably take turns. Do you want to start? I will start. And um, I have to include a Star Wars movie of to course. open here because it's such a big part of my life. And I'm going to choose Empire Strikes Back because it is the best of the Star Wars movies. They had figured out a lot of the special effects stuff by then. It's, uh, it's a good... Well, it's a great movie. So that's I'm going to start there with The Empire Strikes Back. I can't disagree. That's also on my list of five. And then mostly because I felt like I had to have a sci-fi movie. I didn't feel like it had to be a Star Wars movie, but I thought I was sort of killing two birds with one stone by including a, a Star Wars film. Got it. Um, my next one, uh, I chose a rom-com. Interesting. I chose When Harry Met Sally. Now, when Harry Met Sally comes off as a little dated these days, <laughs> but it's still a classic. Um, Crystal and um, Meg Ryan were never more charming in their whole entire lives. And um, it's one of those movies where when Meg Ryan gr- makes the, the signature Meg Ryan grin, I have to grin. I'm totally in the tank for Meg Ryan at this point. At, so at it, this point really in time. this is about? <laughs> kind of. But still, it's it's still a good movie, and uh, and I think it's uh, I think it I do I like a rom com. Okay, um, I chose Goodfellas, and I chose Goodfellas because I love mob movies anyway. To me, it checks the Scorsese box, it checks the Tarantino box because I always feel like Tarantino's work is primarily sort of a, an imitation. I mean, it's not; it's got its own flavor. Don't get me wrong, but it's 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 heavily influenced. It's like when you go to the bar and the bartender's doing some sort of special version of a classic cocktail. Right. That's what I feel like Tarantino's doing to Scorsese. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and I don't think like I'd need to show you a Tarantino movie because then you'd be like, I think I might throw you off the scent of what I actually like. And to me, Goodfellas <laughs> is very the, the epitome of the type of movie that I would want to show you. Um, because the art form, the tracking shots, the, you know, 
just the, the buildup, you know, it has its weak points, but it is, it's one of those movies that I will always watch and, and is just one of my all time faves. Um, and I think it just, it checks so many boxes for me that I, I think it would be critical for me to show this person, uh, it's sure nice. It's nice and self-contained too. Like if you were a mob movie guy, and you you know obviously people would say The Godfather, but The Godfather is like forty-three hours of movie watching. And I considered part, The Godfather, and part and part three is like a throwaway. So the uh, but but that's the nice thing about about Goodfellas is it's nice and self-contained, right? Yeah, and like when I thought about some of the other mob movies or, or gangster movies, sometimes the violence is gratuitous in a way that it doesn't really it it doesn't service the plot. In a way that it does, you know, the, the violence is used in Goodfellas in a very more, or in a much more suspenseful way. Obviously with the, you know, go look at the dresses, I think is a great scene. That, you know, you're never really 100% clear on what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, I think we're clear on it, but it, it's still never 100% clear. You can't be sure. And I think that's, that's or, and, you know, when Pesci gets made, um, all that stuff. So, Goodfellas. Right. Good. Um, let's see. For my third one. Speaking of gratuitous violence and stylized violence, I chose uh, John Woo's The Killer. Okay. Um, I, you know, I went through a very deep and wonderful Hong Kong action jag in the early 90s that went all the way through. Um, and I still do it and today. I mean, something like The Raid would be... I love The Raid. All, all, you know, would be, a good, would be a good one to put here. There's just something about, you know, a young Chow Yun-Fat and, uh, you know stuntmen doing stuff with like really no safety mm-hmm. <laughs> involved and you know it's sort of just you know that stylized but gorilla at the same time so it's kind of uh it's a you know I, I generally watch it every year anyway and so it's uh it's something i like to pull out and just sit back and enjoy great story though i think they're going to remake it for an american audience but um we'll see how it goes I also went action on my list. Um, I had a hard time choosing, really hard time choosing um, an appropriate American action film. Um, it's really a dead heat for me between like Predator and Die Hard. And I've decided that it's Predator. And the reason it's Predator is because one, Predator was first. And two, as you saw today on Twitter, I think, what's the matter, Dylan? The CAA got you pushing too many pencils. And one of my all-time favorite scenes in all of cinema. The yeah. stupid hand clap, which has now been a memed again when people like have two hands together and then a topic, yeah. you know? Um, there's so many moments in Predator. It touches again the sci-fi genre. Uh, there's going to have me some fun. Going to have me just weird shit going on in it all the time in a way that Die Hard's just a little bit more straightforward. Uh, and I think Die Hard and Goodfellas have some common threads that maybe are covered. So I think that Predator was the, the right choice for my tastes to capture the 80s American action movie. Oh, it's so wildly macho. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's amazing. It's, um, yeah. But it's also, as, as unbelievable as the plot is, all everyone's actions in it are very relatable. No, I like for, obviously, if they're fighting an alien and the... Yeah in the South American jungle. So, and the script is incredible, <laughs> but nobody bats an eye about it. Nobody, nobody, nobody just goes, I can't believe we're fighting an alien. Right. Nobody says, nobody says it a single time. Nope. Um, my favorite little side, uh, side story out of predator is the fact that Shane black, who did the last predator movie is one of the, is one of Arnold's team. He's the young guy with the glasses. 
Oh, really? Who, uh, who tells the joke? Who tells yeah, the yeah. dirty joke? Yeah, that's that's Shane Black. Shane Black directed the last Predator movie and directed uh, Predators before that. Mine's as big as a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell the joke? No. <laughs> it's like, really big. It's really big. <laughs> get it? Anywho, yeah. So that's a that's a, oh god, Predator is a great movie. It's really it's unfortunate fu- too that the body feels the need to use the the, the f word the derogatory f word sure in his sexual tyrannosaurus reverence because that's a really funny line yeah and slack jawed is a funny way to put that but it's it's yeah. just an, i wish it was something else <laughs> it's a different time and place but uh what's funny is uh a couple of not last new year but the year before uh my daughter stayed up and watched predator with me at like 11 o'clock and then we had to pause the movie and then do New Year's, come back and finish Predator. She watched all of Predator with me. It was great. Amazing. Get to the chopper. I know. Too good. Uh, let's see. Um, let's. What am I? Fourth, my fourth movie? Yeah. Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I have. If someone were to ask me what movie have you seen the most times, I would have to say Tommy Boy. Really? Because of. I you saw the movie, had it on video, it was on cable, it was on, it was on regular cable. I mean, I just I must have watched Tommy Boy a hundred times between that and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which actually didn't make my list. Um, I've probably seen Tommy Boy more than any other movie ever made, and it's just, it's it's all the things that make me laugh, and none of the things that don't. It's just it's so good. I mean, your brain has the shell on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did I hear a niner in there? Right. <laughs> exactly. It's Herbie Hancock. You know, uh, Indy didn't make my list because of Empire, because I felt like I already had Harrison Ford covered. And I just right. really, that was part of my uh, calculus for this was exposure to certain actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my next pick I didn't actually choose a comedy at any one of my five. I just tried to pick movies that had elements of comedy that expressed my sense of humor. So Predator for that reason. Um, um, and then this movie has heartfelt, funny moments and features one of the actors you've already mentioned. And that's Saving Private Ryan. Um, just incredible cinematography, uh, a compelling story, a great cast. Uh, I love every one of those dudes in the squad. They all have something going for them. Uh, I like the teamwork aspects. Um, I do like war movies in general, um, especially when they're well done and, and focus on that the human element because I think, not to sidebar, uh, it's because we're running out of time for the segment, but sidebar, um, I'm really offended right now. And, and no offense to anybody who is a big military supporter, I, I, I'm, I have military lineage in my family. I, I, I know plenty of guys that served. Um, and I respect the hell out of that choice, but propaganda just rubbed me the wrong way these days for a lot of reasons. And there is a go army, or maybe it's even a Marines commercial that's running right now that makes urban city combat look fun. Like a video game. Like, Oh, know, I've like, seen that commercial. And it is like, that is maybe it, as you sit down and watch black Hawk down and then watch that commercial and tell me you want to actually do that shit. Right. Right. I mean, like, I know that that's even a dramatization and is built around a hero story. So that's even sort of soft peddling it. But from what I understand from the folks that have been 
in that kind of combat, it is the most terrifying possible oh, situation. I can't imagine. Yes, they do kind of make it look like Call of Duty. Exactly. Modern Warfare or yes, whatever. And yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's slightly distasteful. I agree. I Every time I see it, I'm like, Jesus, I, there's some 16-year-old kid who's watching this going, ah, I could do that shit. And it's like, maybe you could. And maybe you could be excellent about it. I just, I mean... Where's the five second clip where the dude's leg gets blown off and he's screaming for his mom in the street? I, I right. I'm just saying. Yeah, and that's the and that I, I see that's the point of 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 Saving Private Ryan is that there is heroism, but they, it's not glamour. It's not they don't glamorize it. Yeah, like the scene where they're counting the dog tags. Yeah, and they're the being real callous about it. Like yeah. that is that's still hard to watch for me. It's just like. Damn, I mean, can you imagine? You just you know you don't know any. These guys don't know any of these guys. are just out here to do a job. But then you like you know, like Tom Hanks gets upset. You know, this whole battalion's watching you count their dead. Right. Be a little bit less shitty about it. It's right. just a lot to that movie, and it's painful to watch, but also extremely entertaining um, for what it is. Yeah. Um, the last movie on my list is uh, The Dark Knight, which I consider the uh, the greatest superhero movie ever made. Now, I know we'll address some stuff in the OT, but that it's coming out. But as a, in terms of a singular movie, um, I feel like it is. If you had to just watch one superhero movie, I would tell you to watch The Dark Knight, and I love that movie. I think it's, I think it's amazing. I really like it right up until the last thirty five minutes. That last bit after, yeah, after after the after the ferry boats. Well, I can't get over why the Gotham hospitals in the suburbs. Like it really, it t- like at this point, I noticed it once, and I was just like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Well, they need a building to blow up. I get why it's that way in the movie, but it's just it doesn't. It just really it, it takes me out of the movie, and I'm like, "This doesn't make any sense at all." Well, but well. I love Dark Knight as well. Um, so I really. I had a miasma here at the end. I had a really hard time. I really want to pick a Coen Brothers movie. Um, so I will tell you the four that were, were in consideration here before I tell you my last one. The four that I had on my list uh, as I was winnowing it down. Big Lebowski. No Country for Old Men. Top Gun. And The Shawshank Redemption. I had I had Top Gun. Top Gun came in and out of my list. <laughs> and I think ultimately I'm going to settle on Shawshank. And it's because I think that I've already checked the Top Gun box with Predator to some extent. Yeah. It, there's too much overlap. And the, the romance is super corny. Right. Um, it's, a, and, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. But Shawshank, I think, has the humorous elements that I'm looking for to include in my list as well. It's an amazing film that uh, your your list is kind of intense. <laughs> I agree, but but I think I think that uh, that Shawshank is Shawshank is very intense. There's there are some lighter moments of camaraderie and whatnot, but man, there's a there's a there, I mean that's what makes it great, right? Is that 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 undercurrent of of human just frailty and just people who are can do awful things for very mundane reasons. And again, not to it doesn't glamorize prison, you know. No. But it's uh, but it, it makes it uh, yeah. There's a there's a there's that whole sense of um, a hero does things 
like if you can see them doing it, there are superhero movies when the hero in the movie does things that you don't know, right? So he's he's doing all these things, and at the end, when the big reveal comes, like all the things he's done to make this thing work for him, it's amazing. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, right? You know, I think that's a. I think there's a there's a there's a the payoff is 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 great. I think the quality of Shawshank is maybe best exemplified by the fact that. The f- knowing its twist doesn't make it a less enjoyable film. No, you get to watch it. It has, it has, it's very watchable. Yeah. And I love the scene on the roof with Clancy Brown where he sort of steps over and is like, I can help you with the, like he just, he, he's not trying to be, or at least you don't think he's trying to do anything, but be kind of an opportunist to getting good, but he, it's all part of the plan. We or it becomes to, part of the plan. We need to deep dive Clancy Brown's career. One of these, days. I love Clancy Brown. Clancy motherfucking <laughs> he's amazing. Brown. <laughs> he's awesome. I, his career is is uh, is really cool. I mean, when's the first time we saw Clancy Brown? Um, Highlander. I mean, jeez. Oh wow! Great. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and so we'll we'll deep dive him someday. He's he's worth it. He's worth a he's worth a second look. All right. Well, he probably has a birthday coming up at some point. We can use that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, those I, I liked your list. Um, and I thought we had quite a bit in common, although I did not include a straight comedy. Um, I just tried to find movies that, cause to me, my favorite movies always have elements of comedy in them. I don't need a straight comedy. There's certainly comedies that I considered, but there was nothing to me that was like a com- I need a story like to really show you what I care about. Mm-hmm. This is like my wife and I kind of have this disagreement about TV sometimes where she'll watch one of those shows that is formulaic and I just can't anymore. Like if there's not a story that's being told in a serialized fashion, I'm just not interested. Like villain of the week shit. That doesn't work for me. Got it. Um, Got it. I'm not really interested in the, here's the team and here's their adventure for the week. I just, right. I'm, I'm not into that in the, inter, interested in that anymore. And I think my movies uh, show it. Yeah. I love comedy so much that I, I, I wanted to include that. If I could come up with one that told a story that, that I really, but nothing pops to mind. Ghostbusters. Maybe I, I toyed with Ghostbusters. Yeah. All right. It's dated. Super dated. (laughs) Well, speaking of, uh, we're moving on from movies to movies by a gentleman, or uh, uh, sorry, to talk about a gentleman whose movies didn't make our list. Um, (laughs) Zack Snyder's back in the news because he's been, he had what? I don't, he had some sort of event. Well, disclaimer, I am America's number one Zack Snyder apologist. Oh, I'm sorry. And yeah, and at, at this point, he's he's kind of shook me loose. <laughs> I don't really. I think I'm going to relinquish the title of Zack Snyder's number one apologist. I watched Justice League again recently, and it just isn't very good. It's just okay. It's okay. It's like a C plus at best. Well, but my beef with him came up because he was he went on this profane rant about how Batman kills people, and how he didn't like hearing from people who were telling him like. Batman doesn't kill people. Oh, his response is just ridiculous, first of all. I did see some people come out and say, like, well, I wish more creators would do this and just tell people who, like, criticize them to fuck off. I'm like, yeah, that's that's helpful and, he- and healthy for society. Yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> so that, that quote is like, if, you know, you need to wake the fuck up. He, of course Batman kills people. Referring to Batman as a real person is right. a failing upon creators and fans both. Just write me a story. I think that it's funny that the fanboys would get up on arms on this, but hey, if Batman jumps off a second story building and breaks your back with a boot heel, 
because you because you you know because you shoplifted from the from the IGA. <laughs> Apparently that's fine, but oh no, he'd never kill anybody. <laughs> just just it's well, it's. I it's, think we can agree you know, that toxic fandom is not the greatest part of superhero or is, is maybe the worst part of all comic book movies. Like well, this whole thing true. where people think they have ownership over the material. Yeah. I mean, I get invested in these stories and I oftentimes will invent versions of the stories in my head. Like, and we do this all the time. How could this movie be better? I mean, sure. I, we criticize creators all the time from a fanboy perspective, but I would never tell, you know, you know, I'd never write Zack Snyder and tell him he was wrong. I would just vote with my wallet, or I would say I don't. I won't watch your movie again. I don't. I didn't really like the story you told. I mean, I've read countless comic books, and they're not all winners. <laughs> Some people are more successful with characters than others, and in the Zack Snyder Batman, you know, universe, you know, the Batmobile. Jumps through a, tr- a semi truck and kills some people. I mean, he kills some people with the. He's got a. He's got an airplane with machine guns on it. Right. <laughs> well, you don't just shoot the. You don't just shoot the cars and people just walk off and like. It's, it's rubber bullets. It's it's <laughs> not rubber bullets. It's so yeah. Superman kills people too. I mean, Superman kills that. You know, at the beginning of, you know, Batman versus Superman. Superman kills that dude in the desert. I mean, you don't tell me he, that guy ain't dead. So I don't know. I don't. I don't begrudge him to tell his own sto- to tell a story he wants to tell. Uh, but his attitude is just fucking terrible. I think was he drunk? That was that was the other yeah. that was the other subplot. It's like was he drinking? But I know he's had a lot of life issues and stuff like that, and he takes a lot of shit. And so if he cracks at this point in his career and just can't function as a normal human being. I wouldn't be shocked by it, but uh, but then if you if you dovetail that into what he said about his zombie movies, right? And that's where I was going with this. Is I don't even know. That's that's not the that's not the thought process of a of a well person, right? And what you're talking about is him telling people that his script included like zombies raping human women and them having hybrid undead children like nobody wants that bro like nobody wants to see what what kind of story is that i don't even i don't even know where you to begin that's i mean that's just that's just the most depraved version of the most depraved story (laughs) and that's what makes me so frustrated with his attitude about the the fan feedback and the superhero movies that he's handled in general because he clearly doesn't respect the properties in a way that i think you need to um i this really got me thinking about how when there is pre uh when there's intellectual property that pre-exists a project that predates a project whether it's comic books or, or video games or whatever it is that you don't have to like this is why I hated the Michael Bay Transformers movie. It's like, there's a blueprint for this. You didn't have to like rip it apart and do something totally buck wild. And it's unfortunate that that Bumblebee movie didn't do very well. Cause from what I understand, it's much more true to kind of the original themes of, of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really critical that the studios take a moment and find someone who doesn't care too much, like in the Kevin Smith way where they want to like make it all. They've thought too much about it, right? but rather find someone who matches up with what the movie needs to do to execute, to be successful. And obviously that 
also requires the studio execs to know enough about the property to care about making it successful. And this all leads me to say that I ran into the first X-Men movie recently. And I watched two thirds of it, the second two thirds of it. And it's a Brian Singer movie. He's his career is over, but uh, sure. And, and, and deservedly so. Um, but what I noticed about it is the action scenes are terrible, like really bad, like unwatchable bad. But like the parts between the, like the love triangle between Gene and Scott and Logan, and then the infatuation between Rogue and Logan and basically all the human elements and McKellen and Patrick Stewart and their relationship, the aspects of that movie that are really critical to those of us who grew up reading those X-Men comic books and know those characters really well are extremely well done. And I think that it, you go think about like what, what other superhero properties Brian Singer's touched and that kind of, it's much worse in whatever the Superman movie's called. <laughs> oh God. Superman, Superman Returns. Returns. Terrible. The action, the action sequences are better because he's just gotten a little more crafty at it. But like he tried to do the same thing, but he's clearly not as in tune with the material. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, maybe he relates to the X-Men for the reasons that, you know, for the allegory that it is as a, you know, sort of outsider story of people who are uh, outside of society, but still humans um, or, or human adjacent. And persecuted. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and so to me, I think that that just, I started thinking about who else has done superhero films and I landed like, okay, what is Matthew Vaughn directed, right? Like X-Men First Class is pretty good because he's a pretty good action director, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have the heart that like that, even that first X-Men film did. Yeah, it's closer though. I mean, the we've also learned a lot of lessons in the superhero genre since he made that first X Men movie. Even sure, you know, even X Two is a much better movie from an action perspective and lots of other things. He there's a big huge jump between X Men and X Two, right? So they do learn. I mean, so you have to give him kind of a break. I mean, I think that that getting back to Zack Snyder and putting back my putting on my apologist hat <laughs> no one's more visually gifted than Zack Snyder is i mean the 300 when he's when he's when his source material is tight and he stays close to the trail yeah like 300's excellent yeah it's when he injects his personality into it that it becomes a problem and watchmen i think is also excellent i mean there's a scene here too here and there that maybe he's gone off the rails but overall i think that movie is excellent and very much in the vision of of that comic book. And then you give him something like, then he writes something like sucker punch, which is again, visually stunning, but just, just what? I, I don't even know what you're doing. I don't know what, I don't know what story you're trying to tell here. It's a, uh, it's just a funny, it's just a funny thing. He's so visually gifted that it doesn't surprise me that people want him to work. Yeah. But, but at this point, he needs he needs an editor. He needs a partner. He needs somebody. Just like great comic book artists need a good writer. Do you remember when Image Comics hit? When all the writers said, or when all the com- the most gifted comic book artists said, we need to start our own company. Yeah. And they started writing their own comics. Those comics are poorly written and amazingly drawn. Yeah. <laughs> you need somebody. You need you need somebody to tighten you up. You need he needs a writer. And he needs to, and he needs to execute a vision. Well, and he he can't he 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 can't and shouldn't do both. Yeah, and I think that's why Wonder Woman's such a good movie because he was integral to the story planning, didn't write the screenplay, and didn't direct the movie. So oh. 
you know, it was part of his sort of DC universe that he was crafting, but it's a much better movie than his movies because it has a lot more respect for its um, protagonist than he has for women in his films generally. Yeah, and maybe it's and maybe also it's not so wrung out. You know what I mean? It's not so navel gazy, right? I think yeah. you look. It's too. It's it's overwrought. Right, it's just too much. There's just too many. It's 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 gotten too many thoughts going through it. You just gotta let's make it more simple. Let's make it let's make it digestible. Um, let's not try to do it. Pack it all in today, kind of well, a thing. It's funny that you. It's funny that this is what you landed on because it's actually exactly where I was going with the Brian Singer comment, which is that that movie just needs somebody who knows how to direct action scenes. And you, you and I talked before about. I would like Brad Bird to get another chance to direct live action, um, especially a superhero movie, because Brad Bird, uh, for those who don't know, is a Pixar guy who has done The Incredibles, and Incredibles 2 has some of the best team superhero shit in any in any superhero movie ever. Um, so X-Men came to mind, but if somebody's going to have another crack at Fantastic Four, I think Brad Bird's the guy that should do it. Uh, and I'd like to see... It, actually, what it made me really want is to go back to the 90s and either have a 90s Batman movie post Tim Burton that was um, maybe written by Kevin Smith and directed by John McTiernan. <laughs> okay. Right. Cause like either cause it's more gritty and, and you know, John McTiernan, one of the best late eighties, nineties, just straightforward action movie directors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean shit, Thomas crown affair is entertaining largely through John McTiernan's direction. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I think that the idea of having a really successful team is what makes a really good superhero movie, and that's why the Marvel movies are so great. And, you know, I mean, I make this argument all the time that The Incredibles are the best Fantastic Four movies. Anyway. It's the same team. It's, They've just yeah. mixed up the powers. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Incredible's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the daughter is Sue Storm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, but those are the best Fantastic Four movies, for yeah. sure. Well, that... that I liked that discussion. I was in there. I, I like where we got there. So, sex cider, maybe, maybe seed a little bit of control. I know your ego won't let you. Maybe relax a little bit. It's probably too late for that, but we'll, but whatever. Maybe cool always, it with the cocaine. There's, there's, <laughs> there's always hope. There's always hope. Maybe he'll get it together. All right. And our third topic tonight, um, you sent me a CNBC budget breakdown uh, uh, that, that demonstrates how a couple that makes $500,000 a year can feel average. <laughs> <laughs> this is this this did make the rounds. And I just thought it was funny because we always talk about living in Seattle and it being expensive and this and that and this and that. But the the breakdown of this how to make half a million dollars a year and still feel average made me made me laugh. And then, and then got to, you know, you always think about, well, how, how am I, how am I? Well, people get so mad. Managing, managing my own money. But this, uh, this, this sort of, uh, this is very telling. And I don't know if this is real. Come on. I mean, it must be real in some sense. I'm sure people, I'm sure there are people who make half a million dollars a year who have massive debt. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure, you know, money is, money is crazy that way in like that goldfish that will always grow to the size of their tank kind sure. of a kind of a thing so yeah. no matter how because remember when you first got out of college and you were just barely making any money i mean the first job i had out of college 
when I moved to Seattle, I was working for a computer store. I was working, I was making nine fifty an hour. <laughs> sure. Yeah, in the early ninety. Nine fifty an hour. I made seven bucks at the golf course. <laughs> seven bucks an so, hour. So nine bucks nine nine bucks nine fifty an hour. And we didn't get, we got a week of paid vacation after the first year. You had to work a whole year with no paid vacation. Sure. To get a week of paid vacation the that, second year. It seems like it should be illegal. <laughs> uh, it, it's not a you know, it's I do feel like old man River telling that story, <laughs> considering that, you know, young people right out of school get jobs at my company that I work for now and get four weeks of vacation and whatever. That's and about much, talent competition though. Much more money. But the uh but looking at this, the uh they start at the top line, gross salary, and to their credit, they are making the maximum 401k contributions for for the husband and wife. Now, when the first thing I thought was, oh, these people feel average, but yet they're saving $18,000. They're saving $36,000 a year right. into their 401ks. Good for them. Nice example. Well, if you're doing it right way, you should feel average because you should be putting as much money away as you possibly can. Right. So they maxed out their 401ks. Good for them. They should also be maxing out their HSA if they have it. If they're really being smart. Yeah. So that's hard to is, do, though. Which is which is sixty five hundred dollars a year uh, for a family. Yeah. Anyway, and so after their so they said you know after their four hundred one k contributions they're down to four sixty four then the effective tax rate of forty percent yeah let's which, pause on that for a second because I've talked about this concept a lot on the show about how this is exactly why you feel average because millionaires are paying an effective tax rate of sixteen or seventeen percent because of the way we tax capital income like. Because so much of the money that so much of their income is based on all pre-existing assets, not salary. Mm-hmm. But when you make most of your money via salary, you're getting hosed down by the government. Yeah, especially on- if it's especially if it's a lower salary and higher bonuses. Oh yeah, then you like don't. if you're a if you're a bonus based employee, like if you make if you if you make a third of your income on bonus, yeah, get ready to get taxed on that. My friend, I have worked with variable income for quite a few years now, and uh, it is it is definitely a rude wake up every single time. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get a little pressure relief here, and it's like, not as much as you thought. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's that is uh, that is rough, um, but it is what it is. And then uh, they have a net effective net salary of two seventy eight. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. They have child. This this would hit home for me. Child <laughs> child care two children. Now for about a ten month stretch, I had both of our kids in daycare. Ten months, huh? Yeah. Sounds hard. It's been years. It's been years. <laughs> I know it has been years, but I'm just saying that those ten months writing the check to, and now they've got it down here as forty two thousand dollars. Yeah. It ain't far off. No, it ain't far off. And uh, our youngest goes to kindergarten in the fall. It's real, and we're going to like the lightweight childcare program. And I looked at the price, and I'm like, I'm gonna have all this. All this money is just gonna appear. Yeah, welcome to your raise, right? Welcome to a raise. I've been waiting, (laughs) waiting for eight years, (laughs) seven years for this raise to come, and it here, it's here. It's here. 
The um, so that was for the year. Okay, food for four. It includes date nights. Twenty three thousand bucks. I mean, that probably feels about right. Although, if you have an excellent shopper like my wife, you're gonna get. You're gonna. You're probably gonna slide in. I mean, twenty three. That's two thousand dollars. That's essentially two thousand dollars a month in food. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, don't know. It seems it, a little excessive. It, I, if, especially if your children are in childcare, like full term childcare. I don't, I don't. What do you buy? They're not eating that much. Yeah. No, it'd be different if you had, you know, two seventeen year old, sixteen year old, high functioning athletes. You might pay twenty three thousand dollars a year. I can't imagine all the food that I put down when I was a kid. God, my folks. Yeah, when they're teenagers, I think that. it's gonna, it's gonna get a little wild. Yeah, yeah. Mortgage five thousand, which isn't bad. Five thousand a month. Oof. Five thousand a month for your mortgage? That's a lot, huh? Well, that's like they said property taxes on a one and a half million dollar home. Well, I mean, okay, they so make here's half what I'm a, like you have a one point five million dollar home. Well, they make half a million dollars a year. They could buy a half. They could buy a one point five million dollar home, buddy. Come on, if they if if as a couple you made half a mil, you could easily drop for you could easily drop for. A one and a half million dollar home. Uh, how old are these people? How, I don't know. They have two. They have two. Chi- they have two children in full time childcare. So let's say they're in their late thirties, early forties. Yeah, I don't know about this. You don't think what you, are you are you saying that they're goony for buying a one point five million dollar home? It seems like they're a little house poor. Yeah, it's in, well, it depends where you live, right? I mean, it, sure. if they live in if they live in the Bay Area, you know, one point five billion is not going to okay, a regular house, but. Their property yes. tax rate though is only like, it's like one and a half percent. Twenty grand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Well, I mean that's how they're servicing that much, right? They're servicing that. I, I guess. Know. So the insurance. Oh, here car pay. Oh, wait a minute. Three vacations a year, eighteen Yo, grand. What the fuck? <laughs> Three vacations a year. <laughs> Let me tell you what. So let's say each of their vacations is six thousand dollars. I mean, there. That's a. That's 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 living. They could they could save some money there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Six thousand dollars. I don't know where they're going to like those houses on stilts in Bali or some such nonsense. I don't know. I mean, listen, six. Have I have we ever had a six thousand dollar? I've never taken three vacations in a single year in my life. Maybe they're going to Europe and staying at the. Buckingham Palace. I don't know. I six thousand dollar vacation three times a year. That's it's, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's that's that they could they could they could save a little money there. I think we could easily pinpoint some savings. Um, car payments. It looks like they have a BMW five series and a Toyota Land Cruiser. Okay, which, so this part's bullshit. Of, of course, which is of course. You know, if you're making half a million dollars a year, no, as a couple, a, that's a bullshit payment. If they had those two cars, they're at least they're looking at at least twelve grand a year. Because that's, you think so? Yeah, so ninety six hundred dollars is is eight hundred dollars a month or four hundred dollars a month per car. And I don't think so. Oh no, you're right. That's There's a, no chance if you have those two vehicles, <laughs> unless you put again, how much cash did you put down on your house and your vehicles? <laughs> yeah. So oh yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't look at that too closely, but yeah, you're right. That's yeah. a there. By the way, for you, I I was right next to a Toyota Land Cruiser today, and this woman was driving it, and I thought to myself, you know what, you should have bought, ma'am, with you and your your small your small children, you should have bought a Toyota, you know, Sienna minivan, you know, with the all wheel drive, much more comfortable, much better gas mileage, and about a third of the price of that Land Cruiser, man, 
Jesus. I tell you, that's why I'm going that's Korean, man. We're getting a, a Kia Telluride. <laughs> I don't know how much I spend on gasoline a year, but 5000 Not $1,250 a week? <laughs> what the fuck? How far are you driving to work? Wait, $5,000? $5,000 a, a year, Oh, it's right? a year. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, year. I was thinking it's monthly. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a year. So, oh, yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> it's still, yeah, $400 what? a month, so basically 100 bucks a week per the two of you. That's probably... Reasonable. That's, that seems well. Yeah, if you commute, wait. Car insurance, blah, blah. Life insurance. Oh, yeah, they got some term life insurance. That's, uh, that's, that's important. So that's, th- this specifically calls out $3 million term life insurance for $2,500 total. That is, you're in perfect health and with zero risk factors, insurance yeah. pricing. This is not uh, a smoker's policy. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I had to quit nicotine and the weed to oh, get my life insurance policy. Gotcha. All right, let's let's hammer through this. Clothes for four people. This is oh, they spend ten thousand bucks. We'll round it to ten thousand bucks. They say no fancy bags, shoes, or threads. That's, that's still eight hundred dollars a month. Eight hundred dollars in clothes. I ain't spent eight hundred dollars in. Well, I spent eight hundred dollars on on kicks <laughs> in the last five years. Oh, uh, okay. That, maybe that number's not so bad. Oh, I definitely. I think on a regular basis about like. Whether or not I'm embarrassed to be a 40 year old man wearing children's tennis shoes that I've always wanted that now cost four times as much as $200 for tennis shoes. That's fine. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Yes, I can keep them in a box and wear them three times a year. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Children's lessons. Now, this 12 12 grand for children's lessons. Yeah, it depends. But yes, that's not, I mean, that's the only way for kids to get good at stuff anymore. You you can't just leave it up to them. We got two in soccer, and it is not cheap. Charity, they give eighteen grand to charity. College Good for alumni. Good for them. My wife go. My wife went to a uh, a uh, prestigious Ivy League school. You covered I, that. Yeah, and I told her that uh, do not give them money. They don't need any money. They have a thirty billion dollar. They have a thirty billion dollar whatever endowment. Yeah, yeah. You don't. They don't need our fifty bucks. No. <laughs> I don't. Why do people school. even pay? Why do people even pay? To attend that school, it's on it's a thirty quite, billion it's dollar. Quite absurd, in fact. The whole thing is ridiculous. All right, I'm not giving to my college either. I donate um, to my college in the form of the donation I have to pay for the privilege to buy the football and basketball tickets that I buy. Yeah. All right. That's how Maybe it works. okay. The, they might be doctors because they're rocking undergrad and grad student loan debt of thirty two grand a year, <laughs> which is, I don't know, is that I. I was fortunate enough not to have to carry loan debt uh, out of college, but um, does that seem reasonable for two people? Sixteen grand a year. Again, I want to know how uh, old these people are because yeah. the student loan problem really didn't exist until the last twenty years. Um, my wife and I are both approaching forty, and we both have paid off our student loans. Oh, good. Uh, com- in, in total. Nice. Yeah, and they were never more than a few hundred dollars a month. Yeah, because uh, you get like that really. That really low rate, right? The, like the two percent. Well, yeah, something. we we got our loans back when the program wasn't like predatory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then miscellaneous stuff. Always come with ten grand of miscellaneous. That seems fine. reasonable. Yeah, Again, house maintenance you know, and stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, they didn't even put in house maintenance and stuff. I mean, they didn't even they didn't even talk about the fact that the dude comes to mow, oh they do home maintenance five grand dude yeah. comes to mow your lawn, whatever those kinds of things. And then total cost. Then they said, "What they have left? Seventy three hundred dollars." But but what I'm telling people, what I'm telling people, 
that I was talking to this about at work. I said, look, it's 73 grand, but they also saved 36 grand right off the top. Well, and they're spending $18,000 a year on vacation. That should right. be in the what's left part. So cut <laughs> ha- so if they cut half of that, I mean, they're probably saving fi- at least 50 grand. They could easily save 50 grand a year. Indeed. And that's, you know, and if you save 10% of if, you know, if you or your your SO saved 10% of your salaries, I think you'd be doing pretty good every year. I agree. I mean, you're you're well on your way to to uh, Dave Ramsey land, as it were, if you did that. All right. Well, we got to move on because we're running fat and we've got to close out the show here. So, Well, running fat is my specialty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't run. I don't run. <laughs> That's why I'm fat. <laughs> well, it's time for Dad Jokes of the Week. Oh, I blew it. It's time to move on to the OT, and that means... Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. All right, you ready? Uh-huh. How do ready. you communicate with the Loch Ness Monster? I don't know. Drop her a line. <laughs> it's not even a joke. I don't know. <laughs> I used to hate facial hair, but then it started growing on me. That's a classic dad setup. Yeah. Did you hear about the perfume thief? He was convicted of fragrancy. Fragrancy? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. A thief? Wouldn't wouldn't it be a layabout? Was that a vagrancy? I guess. Is that a, is that a vagrancy joke? I a guess. Fragrancy? I can't tell you I get that one. <laughs> I don't know. That was, that was poorly constructed. I just learned sign language. It's pretty handy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's good. Why is money called dough? I don't know. Because we all need it. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, what does Batman like in his drinks? I don't know. Just ice. Just ice. (laughs) (laughs) He hangs out with a bunch of people in the Just Ice League. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Welcome to the Just Ice Bar. I wrote a Yo Mama joke. Okay. Let's as it. the Dejatwa killer this week. All right. What do you got? Uh, your mama's so fat, her favorite soccer team is KFC. <laughs> is that better if you say Kentucky? Kentucky FC? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Kentucky FC, I think maybe. I think maybe. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll change that to Kentucky FC. <laughs> yeah. I think you need. A little bit more on the front end of the the FC. I think you need to separate the FC from the K a little bit. Right. But yeah. I like it. I, Kentucky FC. Kentucky FC might be funnier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that's my Dejatwa killer of the week. Fantastic. All right. So again, we are almost at an hour already. So we were going to do Trailer Park, but I don't have a ton to say about these movies. Um, the Can we, we just talk on. about Dora? Can we just well, talk about Dora the Explorer? Right. The I'm movie. I'm going to say the weird, creepy thing that I was thinking about Dora the first time I saw that trailer is I just don't know how I feel about Dora having breasts. Right. It's, it seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I, I swear to God, I'm not being the creep here. I'm more thinking about how the creeps are thinking about this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, exactly. I'm thinking I'm the about, mind well, hunter. I'm putting myself in the mind of the creeps. Yeah. It was it was better when I had to wonder why this 7-year-old girl was allowed to just travel the world with a monkey unsupervised, right? Yes. With a talking backpack and a talking map. And now I have to deal with full-on teenage Dora. 
Yes. Who is, you know, they're going to market her. Sure. Seems like a cute kid, but it's really just, it's she's messed Nick, up. She's one of the Nickelodeon. Uh, oh, she is? Yeah, she was on, uh, oh, her name is Isabella Monaire. She was the lead on, um, God damn it, I should look this up. Uh, hundred things got, to do before high school. There you go. You got. You've got a. <laughs> you've got young children who still watch Nickelodeon. They, you, she's a familiar face, but the uh, I just it is really it's it's again it's one of those deals where it's like I'm just not it's not it's not who that character is for me. No, right. Although I do like the idea. I like that it's um, all Latino. Uh-huh. Uh, Latino and Latina act- actors and actresses. Um, some Benicio del Toro as Swiper seems like a really inspired choice. Sure. Uh, it has sort of that Jumanji. It's like a Jumanji feel to it. Sure, sure. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a fun offshoot version. It's always it. good to see Eva Longoria getting work. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Michael Pena can't get a Eva Longoria. Let's be clear. <laughs> I don't know, man. Michael Pena is like the most famous Mexican actor there is. I think he can. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, uh, I, I don't go see Dora movie creeps. Like just, just <laughs> yeah, weirdos. I don't want to take my daughters to the Dora movie and have to like see some dude by himself. Yes. There. Yeah. <laughs> God, Paul Rubens in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm, I'm feeling concerned about it. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, well. And then we're going to talk about Avengers, but I don't know that I have anything interesting to say about it. No, I don't really. It's coming out. Go see it. Fantastic. Uh, And then lastly, uh, I really wanted to just touch on the fact, and I think this has made the rounds of the internet by now, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who plays center for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, uh, suffered a catastrophic lower leg injury, which seems to be happening happening more frequently in the NBA than it ever did in the past. It's grisly. He, it it's one of those deals where he jumps, and then if your foot lands on someone else's foot, all bets are off on what's happening to your legs. Yeah, you know, I think that I was, I thought I had been over the get the Gordon Hayward the Gordon Haywood injury, mm-hmm. like, and then then this came around, and it was just it was it was it was also stomach turning. I can't do. I can't even think about it. it makes my stomach hurt. No, not to not to fall backwards, but I forgot Isabella Monero was in the was a, a like a a teenager in the last one of the last Transformers movies, and I remember thinking at the time like this is inappropriate, like the way she was styled and dressed in the movie. Like, <laughs> like, you shouldn't do this to this girl. You're you're doing your weird Michael Bay shit. I don't even know who was involved. I'm sure he was involved, but anyway, Michael Bay was involved, and I think I we all know what Michael, we all I think we all I think we all know what Michael Bay's deal is. So I shit I. uh... I feel very protective of young Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> I but anyway, sense that. Nurkic snapped his leg in half, and then the official kicks it. He, the official goes to step over him and, and kicks him in the broken leg. I just, I don't even know. I don't, I can't even. It's just, I just too much. The whole thing. Anyway, just, don't go watch the video, but get mad about the official just being such. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Just What's step to the side, you piece of shit. Yeah, the, he's obviously injured horribly. I can't imagine he wasn't screaming, or at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, the whole thing know. is a bad scene. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> just, just forget we talked about it. All right. Well, and move on. That's our show for the week. Thanks for <laughs> sticking with me through the down with the sickness period here. You're like, you sound like a young Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> I, anyway. I don't know what that means. 
Someone's going to get that joke. Cool. I don't. <laughs> uh, as always, our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod. And please know that we appreciate tremendously the time that you choose to spend with us. If you don't already, please subscribe to the show. Drop us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. And as always, meet us on the Twitter and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.